Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are talking about something we've had a few episodes on so far, and we know you're dying to know what's next. (laughs) We left you hanging again. Yes. So we've been discussing narcissistic personality disorder. If you haven't listened to the previous two episodes on narcissistic personality disorder or NPD, highly recommend that you do that. Before we jump into this, because we really talk about the differences between um, how we see narcissism in popular culture, right? Um, How it shows up, right? Comes from narcissists, right? And so that kind of concept is a little bit different than the actual diagnosable narcissistic personality disorder. Yes. So we want to kind of make sure that you have a good foundation going before, you know, you jump into this. And, and as we're talking about it today, again, remember, we'll, we'll try to keep coming back to this concept that, um, narcissistic personality disorder is kind of the extreme of a spectrum of narcissistic types of personality traits or characteristics and, um, And so as we're looking at that, you may notice that your partner or you or someone else in your life has, has some of this, right. But without that, uh, psychological evaluation, full psych eval, um, you know, you're not going to have a full handle on whether or not it, it actually is. Right. Right. So, and so a lot of the things we're going to be talking about are like, okay, so if they're on this spectrum, then you can maybe do this or that. If they have a full NPD, it looks a little bit different. So today we are talking about, I'm sure you're so excited for this, right? What do you do if your partner, yeah. if you believe your partner has this? So maybe they haven't been diagnosed with NPD, haven't done the psych eval, but maybe in therapy you're talking about it and your therapist wonders Hey, maybe they're on the spectrum somewhere. Maybe they have this, or maybe you're looking into things and you're noticing some of that. So what do you do now? Right. Which is a, which is a big one. And I think you'll find that a lot of this stuff is just healthy relationship stuff anyway. And so this will be helpful either way. So if they're maybe more selfish, this stuff is also really effective at helping them to I mean, more selfish. We're all selfish to a certain <laughs> degree, so this is... Yes, if they're, like, selfish versus, like, having like, a personality disorder, right? right. there's there's some some movement in there. There's a lot of, of more gray area, more space in there. Um, but... But good principles. Yes, it's a good... They're good principles. Um, I, I think I would throw out there that if you have someone who has NPD like diagnosed NPD, um, 
what you're going to notice, whether or not, okay, so if they have NPD, whether or not they've been fully diagnosed, right? Because a lot of people who have NPD aren't, don't go in and get right. diagnosed, right. right? But if you have someone who is, who has NPD, regular couples therapy will not really work. Right. It's not going to be effective. And, and why is that? And that is because they're going to use the therapeutic methods and the, the, the words and phrases that they learn and all of that um, to further kind of their agenda. So like we talked about before, they get really good at using therapy words and phrases and saying the right thing at the right time. Yes. And, and they often, especially with therapists who aren't familiar with NPD or maybe um, don't pick up on those signs as quickly, they will often um, work on manipulating the therapist to their advantage uh-huh. and to then use that against their spouse. And that could almost be a criteria for narcissism when I think about it from experience. Right. Is everything in therapy looks amazing. They're saying the right things, doing the right things, but then they come back and the spouse is like, but it's only here. Once we go home, it's very different. Right. And so there's a real contrast between what happens in therapy and then what happens at home. Because normally you'll see a lot of the tools and things you're learning at home that you're picking up in therapy. So Mm -hmm. if it's only in therapy that you see them make attempts or do certain things, you know, that's a pretty good indication too. Yes. Or if when you're at home, they use what's going on in therapy or what you talked about in therapy and they'll kind of twist it around and use it to demonstrate or show how they don't have a problem. (laughs) Right. Um, And that this is really um, all your fault. A different story than what they share in therapy. Yes. Because in therapy, if they said, this is all your fault, the therapist could say, oh, let's talk about that. Let's process. Yes. So they don't say that in therapy. Like, oh, I'm wrong. I did something wrong. But then when they go. You're right. You're right. Thanks for sharing that. Yes. And then nothing (laughs) changes at home or they say, Actually, the therapist meant this. Yeah. Um, this is what's That's really going good on. That's another good idea, right? Or a good sign is um, you hear what the therapist is saying very differently. Yes. Um, no, they said this. They meant this. And it's kind of gaslighting. It's mm-hmm. confusing. It's, you For know, sure. Um, one of the other things we see often with NPDs in therapy is they will come home from individual sessions and have a whole thing going on, like my th- well, my therapist said I got to do this, and da 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 da, and you're like that really doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't mm. seem like something a therapist would say, oh, yeah. right? Or yeah. um, like that just doesn't really fit. Like they said you were totally wrong in this situation. Um, <laughs> when da 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 da, you know, yeah. and you so you sort of get this sense of like, am I like am I a little bit am I crazy or am I wrong? Like what's going on? But it's because the either one of two things I've seen both. One is that when they're in session with a therapist, they're telling a different story than what is happening. Right. Yep. Um, or they're straight up just telling you something like kind of manipulating how the therapist said something and coming back and saying that 
to you. So it's not actually true. It's not actually what <laughs> right. the therapist said or meant right. to say. Yep. Or a combination of both. Super frustrating. Yes. Crazy it's, making. It's very crazy making and it's very um, tricky to navigate. Yeah. And, and just while we're on the subject of like therapists who don't see it or don't totally know, like this is very complicated. And especially if you're seeing someone individually, you're not getting the whole right. picture every time. Right. right? No. You, so as a therapist, you have to go in with what they're sharing with you. That's, that's where you have to meet them. Because you don't have other information. And especially if your client wants to talk mostly about the other person, it can be really helpful to have a session with the other person if they're open to it. Because you really yeah. need to see both sides. And David is much better at that than I am. I'm, I'm getting better at that. But <laughs> I think you do that pretty much every time. Yeah, I, I ask every, everybody to bring their partner in because I always get such great perspective. Yeah. And just, if they know that I can ask their partner to come back to keep me updated, they tend to have yeah. a different you know, story and approach because it's like, oh, I can't just say certain things. He'll verify. I mean, he's got a way to find out. So I think it's better that way. Yeah, I I think that is very wise and something that I am definitely going to do more of. So here's the challenge. Okay. Pretty sure maybe your partner is narcissistic or at <laughs> least like really, really has some tendencies. Tended, yeah, the spectrum has tendencies. What do you do? What's a good approach? Yeah, the the first thing is a lot of boundaries. Yeah. Right. Um. Again, oh, one of the other things, and we're going to jump back, sorry, one more time. One of the other things that, that is a common pattern is going to therapy like, yes, let's go to therapy, or they might be initially very resistant, but then, okay, fine, we're going to go to therapy, and then you go a little bit, and then they're out. Well, I don't like that therapist because <laughs> right. they blah, 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 yeah, blah, definitely. right? And it typically, um, and either they'll want to hop therapists or they're just like, just therapy is horrible after they go and they can't typically it's after they can't kind of convince the therapist of their perspective and that right. they need to back them up. And, and talking about boundaries, I think therapy can be a good thing, but I would set the boundary that you can choose the therapist is fine, but we're committing to at least 10 sessions and nobody gets to bail before the 10 sessions because right. we don't get to hear something we don't like and say we're out because that is exactly what happens. That's the pattern. Kind of the therapist is charmed a little bit maybe mm -hmm. at first and believing everything, but then as they start to sort through it and hear from both sides, they start to challenge and push back. And that person at that point often is out. Yeah, if you have a good therapist. Um, they're not sure. under my spell anymore. So you know what? This therapist isn't working out. So you say, look, to avoid that, you can pick, you can find the therapist. I'm not saying I know who it should be, but we're going to be committed and we're going to hang in there for at least 10 sessions. Yeah. Um, and that can be a helpful way to approach therapy. For sure. For sure. That can really help with things. This is, it's such a tricky topic um, because I've also seen people who have had um, therapy with a spouse with strong NPD tendencies and, um, and they found themselves a great therapist that doesn't see NPD mm -hmm. or doesn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And so 
part of the issue that you run into as well with that is that if a therapist can't see it and they don't understand it well, then they're going to be doing typical couples things that sometimes are very hurtful. Yeah. And for the couple and it actually is really not okay. Totally. Kind of like, you know, if there's been infidelity, trying to do couples therapy of holding space and vulnerability when there's no trust whatsoever. And yes, it's just, you can't, you're not ready. Not yet. And you know, I do think it's, it's a good idea to come into therapy saying, Hey, I've got this concern. Let's talk about it and, and put it right out on the table. Yeah. And hopefully your spouse or partner is interested or curious too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they really don't want to talk about it, but you put it out there, I think that helps the therapist to know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So no guarantees with narcissists yes, at all. Yes. But... <laughs> and sometimes that's a very fascinating, you know, that, so sometimes you can get into therapy and, and the, the spouse ends up needing to leave their, like, I can't yeah. do therapy uh-huh. anymore because they're not the other person is the therapist isn't seeing it and I'm just getting absolutely ripped apart. I'm getting very abused in this situation because they're not aware of and can really see what's going on and we can work on this. So, so tricky, even trying to come into therapy under these circumstances. Yeah. Right. And being able to navigate it. And so of course you, you really want to be looking for someone who has a lot of experience with that and understands the process Mm -hmm. And can can pull it apart and call them on it. Because in couples therapy, the therapist is there for the couple, right? And so initially, so we'll kind of let you in on some little secrets of how therapists work, right? With couples is initially like you have to, with any, with any person you're seeing and with couples as you see them, you have to build that therapeutic alliance, right? Like right. so that the clients know they can trust you. So if you're coming into this type of a situation and the therapist is consistently trying to see and hear both people when one of them is looking very much for ways to manipulate the situation and not be held accountable and all of that, it becomes really (laughs) tricky. But you're trying to keep them in therapy, especially if they just have tendencies and they don't have full-blown NPD you are trying to keep them engaged in therapy so that hopefully you can get to this place where you can actually work on that. Right. The problem is that can then cause issues for the spouse who is feeling like they're being put in this more abusive situation because, oh, you're just, you keep going here with my spouse and I'm feeling very unsafe because this is, how things have been for forever and, and it feels like you're siding with them Mm -hmm. a little bit. Right. So it is so tricky. NPD work in therapy, um, is very, very tricky and challenging. Yeah. And so the biggest thing I think is just really make sure that if this is a thing, just exactly what David said, get in there with the therapist, uh, one-on-one and just be able to continue to voice, your concerns. Um, and that way they can kind of walk through like, this is what I'm trying to do. Um, this, I'm trying to keep them engaged enough that we can build trust and work on things. Right. If without that trust, there's nothing. Yes. going to happen. So, and it's super tricky with again, NPD with any personality disorders, trust is going to be 
a particularly challenging thing because uh, like with, with a NPD, if they're getting challenged on something, then they're like, well, I'm not the problem, so I'm out. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to trust you. Yep. Um, they typically don't have much trust for, for people. Um, antisocial personality disorder, same exact thing. They're out, right? And then like with borderline, like, oh, you're just abandoning me because I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough for you and I'm not doing the things that you want or you think there's a problem, right? So with personality disorders, it's really tricky to hold and maintain trust in the relationship. Yep. So um, that can be distressful for a partner who really isn't feeling seen and heard in a couple session because the therapist is trying to maintain some engagement with the other person. Right. So just be aware of that and be um, communicative. Yes, definitely. With your therapist when you're sort of struggling in those spaces. But hopefully this will help because, you know, I mean, we're therapists and we're going to give you some <laughs> ideas here. So it's kind of, you know. Yes. That just understanding that that might be what's going on is helpful, but you're still going to want to make sure you're connecting with your therapist so that they can kind of reassure you and, and help you see, yes, this is what I'm doing right here. And this is why I'm doing it. And, and we want to have possibility for change yeah. in relationship. Um, because again, we've talked about this in other sessions um, about NPD. NPD is really tricky to move and to make change because they don't see themselves as the right. problem. Right. Right. They don't have problems. Yep. So that's very tricky. So it's so it's tricky. But if you have someone who's on a spectrum, you can hopefully work with them sufficient that you can. Um, that you can move into these spaces where they see some things, they want some change um, for themselves, etc. Um, so, and that's one of the points that we want to bring, like, what do I do? Right. One of those points is to look to see over time if they um, can see some of these tendencies that they have um, right. and work on it. If they can notice that their choices are making their life unmanageable, if they can't see it, if they can't recognize it, then there's not going to be change. Right. Um, and that really is an easy way in the beginning to gauge because it ought to be in any healthy relationship. Um, if I am not feeling it, that should matter to you. And if I say yes. that, I should have your attention. Now, you maybe yes. think that I'm overreacting or maybe you think I'm making a big deal about it. But in a healthy relationship that's still important. That's still valid. Mm -hmm. So if I bring up a concern and it's always dismissed, it doesn't matter. Um, and you're saying, this is getting really, really hard for me. Yes. You know, you're gauging whether or not they can take it seriously, whether or not they can hear you. Um, are they interested in helping you to figure it out or helping you to feel better or not? I mean, yeah. these are. Yes. And, and does that look like them just trying to explain to you and tell you why it's right. your fault or are they willing to examine themselves? And that's the hard part because the boundaries is if I'm not feeling heard or understood, I'm actually going to start to create time and space, whether that's separation or mm -hmm. just not even being in the same room at night or asking them to leave the house or you leave the house. You have to be prepared to follow through almost to 
make sure they know you're serious because often the pattern has been, you know, not that they're conditioned necessarily, but they have kind of been trained that maybe it is their way and what they think is what they should have. And because there hasn't been a lot of pushback, there hasn't been a lot of... Yes. And this usually happens early in the relationship. Yes. Within the first couple of years, they learn what they can get away with, you could say. You can right. put it that way. And not right. even like it's intentional, but just how much pushback do I get if I act a certain way? Right. Exactly. Because they're trying to figure out where the limits are. Right. And, and that is they're going to see. And typically we see narcissists with um, either borderline or with people who are like might refer to themselves as empaths. Someone who is very giving very understanding of emotion of, that other people are having and willing to like create space for them. Yeah. Right. Which the, you know, there's lovely things about being a very empathetic person, right? The downside to that is that typically you have much less boundaries, if any at all. Right. Right. I don't even know if that was, did I say that appropriate in appropriate English? That doesn't <laughs> feel like I said that, way, but, but well, you, it's kind you of tend the addiction have, cycle too. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Um, somebody takes, takes, takes. That means somebody else has to give, give, give. Yes. If, if it's going to maintain the cycle. So addiction, codependency, narcissism, codependency. There's certain right. patterns that, you know. Right. And I know a lot of people really get um, upset about that phrase, codependency, yeah. right? Especially if they're like, I didn't know. Right. And so if you want to phrase it a different way, like a giver and a taker, like you don't have to say, you know, narcissism and, and that's a real positive reframe, a giver. Yeah. Someone who just gives, 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 right. To a fault. Yeah. To a fault. Right. Because it is extreme. If you have someone who is taking to an extreme, you have to have a giver who's taking to extreme or it doesn't work. Right. And this is where we get into this space where, where you can see how you ended up together. Right. And this is not saying that someone who has been abused, like has received a lot of narcissistic abuse. This is, we're not saying this is your fault. We're not saying you're complicit in, you know, the abuse. What we're, what, what I'm saying is people have different energies about them. And if you have a taker energy, you are going to be drawn to people who have giver energies. Right. And vice versa. Right. If you are an overly giver giving person, you're a giver to an extreme, you are going to be drawn to people who are overly takers. And so um, that's, that's often how you end up in these spaces is even if it's not explicit, right? Because we do have, again, with NPD, with uh, people, especially people who are malignant narcissists, right? They have the ability to kind of hide that to an extent, right? And not, and kind of pay attention to kind of the signs and whatever that are going on. And so um, you may not see that they are an extreme taker mm-hmm. initially, but there is that underlying energy that is kind of being attracted. Right. So um, that means that as you are recognizing I, maybe I'm in this relationship with someone who's on the spectrum or maybe has full blown NPD, you're getting healthier 
and setting these boundaries so you are no longer an extreme giver, right, is going to help you. Right. Whether it invites them to change based on where they're (laughs) out of that spectrum Uh or whether they're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. But And that's maybe the strength you need to ultimately leave the relationship. Yes. And so this is a good thing. Yes. Very hard though, but... It's always good to move toward a healthier space. Yeah. Sometimes that gives you the information you need to know, okay, someone else isn't going to move. Um, And it also gives me the strength to see that and to see where I am and where I was and where I should be if I'm choosing to be a healthy person, right? There's, there's never a loss in moving toward a healthier space, like ultimately. Although, I mean, there never is a loss. Right. But it's not easy. No, it's not easy. it's unfamiliar (laughs) and it will feel like you're doing something wrong. Yes. Because it's so unfamiliar. Yes. But we've talked before, the brain's just built that way. If it's unfamiliar, it says bad, wrong, bad, stop, even though it could be really, really good. So... Yes. So be aware, be aware that's going to feel weird. It's going to feel awkward and you're going to have extra layers of, of issues because you're going to be conditioned to be with, you know, your, your spouse and you have developed this pattern of now I tell you why you're wrong and, you know, twist what you're doing and tell you this is unhealthy. This is wrong. You're being bad because it doesn't fit within, I'm not going to get what I want. Right. So you're going to have extra pressure. So this is why it's important to have a really good therapist that understands, um, even have a support group of people who get it and understand that can help you as you're going through as you're going through this and figuring out um, how to set boundaries. So boundaries, let's talk a little more about that because that's, we've talked about this before, but just what's, what's a good approach to what would the boundaries look like? What are they intentioned to do? Yeah. It's probably a good place (laughs) to finish this episode is on boundaries. Yes, um, for sure. There's because be we just so throw the much. word out. Have boundaries. Okay, have boundaries. Next. Ready, go. <laughs> That's kind of big. What are the boundaries? Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. I, I'm really kind of struggling. Where There's so many things. Um, essentially, the idea. Essentially, the idea of boundaries mm-hmm. is that you deserve to take up space in the world, right? <laughs> Time, energy, money. Like, you deserve to exist and to take some of these things up, use, you know, some of those things. Right. And, um, you're also in a space of creating, uh, emotional safety for yourself, um, which allows the relation, allows you to have connective relationships at a much deeper level. So being able to, um, say this, this doesn't feel okay with me. Right. Um, and kind of the, our standard, I mean, how many pod, how many episodes have we done on the, on boundaries, right? But some of these, these phrases like until blank, you know, happens, then I'm going to need to do blank. right? Right. And it's not about changing them and making them do something different. They get to do whatever they want. Right. Um, you're just going to see how they respond. Right. To your 
request for safety, yes. essentially, and, and emotional safety, right? Yes. Things that hurt your feelings, things that um, minimize what you think or what you want or how you feel, which Right, that's you the may, taking up space in the world. Yes, you exactly. You may have a lot of history of minimizing it yourself. Yes. And so it's like you're kind of needing to find, hey, how do I actually think and feel about this? Because before, if it's not heard or honored or respected, I, I can get in the habit of just kind of, you know, pushing it away too. So as exactly. I find this for myself again, it's like, oh, wow. So how do I voice this? How do I? Yes. Um, and this is, again, moving towards healthy and good for you. But it's scary because now you're sharing yes. when you haven't been maybe. Yes. And hopefully... Um, as you have a really good therapy, like this is, this is yeah. something you can't, you, you just can't really do this on your own. Yeah. Um, when, whenever you're dealing with personality disorders, you really can't do that on your own. You've, you've got to have, um, a good Help therapist and support, and, support and all of that. But hopefully as you're doing that, your therapist can walk you through boundaries in different situations because there are going to be so many. Right. And so being able to talk with them about, um, what's going on, they can go, oh, well, you just, you need to set a boundary here, right? Because you're going to be so much in the pattern of yeah. just giving like, oh, well, I yep. should just, yep. okay, fine. Like, I don't have a super <laughs> strong opinion about that. And they clearly do have and this you'll... really crazy opinion about it. So I guess we'll just go with that. And we'll say, you know, you should have a boundary there. And they'll uh-huh. look at us like, well, why? I don't yes. get it. I was like, oh, okay. So we got to back up a little bit here. Yes. A, a healthy person would totally recognize why you would need a boundary there. But yes. sometimes, you know, people really question, well, okay, why? But is it that big of a deal? Yeah. Or do I really need something here? And so. So get help for sure. I mean, we've talked a lot about boundaries, but this is, these are This is sort situations. of a next level yeah. sort of. <laughs> yeah. Personality disorders are definitely next definitely level. Definitely next level. So yep. you're definitely going to want to go back, listen to all the boundary stuff that we have, look at um, getting yourself that support and going through. Because um, for me, as I'm working with people, uh, with spouses who are, are dealing with this and trying to set boundaries, it is. It's like recognizing that a boundary is even needed. Yeah. And then you're going through the space of like, talking to them about it and saying, we do need a boundary here and you're giving them examples and then they're going home and they're not able to maintain right, it because right. of the level of gaslighting, yep. because of the level of like turning it around um, and all of that. And so it's this, this building up of self again, where it's okay to listen to yourself. It's okay for you to take up space and have opinions and desires and wants and needs again in your life. Um, you're balancing that with, um, then being able to set boundaries. Cause if you don't believe that about yourself, if you don't really believe that you get to take up space and time and energy and that your opinions matter and all of that, then why would you set boundaries? Right. 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 So it's kind of this working together with the client on building that back up and then helping them see how to set those boundaries and what that looks like in these different situations and how to respond when you're being gaslit. So it's, it's a very complicated and long process. There's just a lot to it. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, it probably doesn't sound particularly, <laughs> uh, I, I encouraging. Scratched, <laughs> I know I scratched my head. Like how deep can we, should we go? 
Right. There's, there's so just much, so much there. Hopefully this is a good, just pique your interest, Overview. give you enough information to think, is this something that I really need to figure out and get more mm-hmm. help on or not? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you do end up leaving the relationship because you do end up needing to leave the relationship or they leave the, the NPD spouse leaves the relationship right. because they're, you know, if you're getting games healthier, up. then it's like, oh, well, then I'm out. The control's like, lost. And yes, the exactly. Yeah. Um, but you may find that you need to leave. Yeah. Um, if yeah. this isn't working out. But again, if someone maybe just has tendencies and you're trying to navigate that, um, typically what I've noticed is the partner wants to do as much as they can to see, you know, and so these are the things that you have to do. And then you watch that over time, like we've talked about, um, and you have to just pay attention to the patterns and are things shifting? Are they really kind of not, um, are they being open to the feedback? Are they making changes Right. as you're making bids for connection? Is this like, can they temporarily show up? But then it's like, Oh, this is like too hard and they just slip back into right so much of this is just how willing are they to respond to what you're sharing and you have a pretty good sense of if somebody is or not like right away i mean you you talk about any relationship you know pretty quick do they care what i'm saying do they care what i'm thinking do they care how i'm feeling if i say this is a concern for me and i i need help Mm-hmm. Is it like, well, no, listen, what needs to happen? And, you know, are you brushed yeah. aside? Are you kind of made smaller? Yes. Uh, you have a pretty good sense of that. So and genuine you... efforts, which can be scary and hard and break the pattern that's been present. But uh, if I say this is important and this is not okay, how mm-hmm. do they respond? How do they respond? And can they actually can they actually show up? Um and, and looking at that long-term is, is really important. And, yep. um, and again, uh, as we're talking about, we're saying that therapy is really challenging and a lot of the things that are couples things, they're not going to work here, but as you're stepping into it, you don't know maybe necessarily where they are and the therapist isn't going to know right. where they are on that spectrum and right. they, they're not going to know where they are in that spectrum. Right. And so you're stepping into some of these spaces and you're doing things like the therapist is going to ask you to do things that uh, were tricky in the past, you know, that where you may have been gaslit, where you may have been um, emotionally abused or, or things like that. They are probably going to ask you to step into those spaces a little bit because you have to figure it out. You have to yeah. figure out, okay, does this person have NPD and we're going to try doing it in therapy. We're going to try doing it in a structured environment outside of therapy. We're going to try to make these bids <laughs> for connection yeah, and, and see what happens. And that's going to feel scary, but what will happen is you're going to get a lot of information. Yeah. Either the person when they're being called on it by the therapist and they're being called on it by you and you're working on it and all this stuff, they're going to start seeing, oh, I do need to make some changes. I need to make some shifts and they will start moving that way. Um, sometimes more slowly than other times, but, or they're going to not be willing to do it. They're going to end up gaslighting the situation, the therapist and the client and trying to, you know, and the spouse and trying to twist things around and not take full accountability. Even if they're saying they are, they're not really. 
and then you're going to get the information to know. So I, I understand that it can be really tricky to open yourself up to um, typical couples therapy things when you've had really hard experiences, but this is why yeah. we do it because we're trying to figure out, can there be movement? Right. Will there be movement? Or is it a situation where as you get healthy and you're setting boundaries and you're showing up in this way, you can see very clearly, I, I can't yep. stay like this isn't going to change. Yep. Which is hard, but you're better off knowing. So yes, yes, you are better off knowing really hard topic today. <laughs> like there are so many ins and outs and hard pieces and this does take a, it's, it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard to be in these types of relationships and to try to get healthy on your own and, or try to get healthy in the relationship and, or do I stay, do I go? Yeah. And so tr we're just trying to give you kind of this overview and understanding, but just know this is very tricky, mm -hmm. tricky subject. So make sure you got the support, make sure you have got a therapist who understands and can see Make sure you continue to communicate with them about where you are and how you're feeling about what's going on in therapy. You know, take that time so that you can kind of work together, um, the three of you, and, and really, hopefully, they're just somewhere a little bit on that spectrum and can make some changes. Hopefully there's honesty, openness, and willingness, right? Yes. That's so tricky. Yeah. <laughs> NPD. So... So more to come on this. Yep. Um, thanks for listening. I hope this is helpful. At least gives you lots of things to think about. So please join us next time as we continue. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.